My name is Dr. Bart Precourt. Welcome to the Health Made Simple podcast. These podcasts will help you create simple strategies and simple habits so you can get back to being the best version of yourself. Hey everyone, Dr. Bart here and welcome to the Health Made Simple podcast. I got a great topic for you this morning. This one affects so, so many people. It's all about sleep. Literally, I think there's about 80 million people right now that are known to have sleep condition or sleep issues, meaning that they're not getting enough sleep and it's affecting their daily lives. And I'll tell you, clinically, this is something that I think is actually much higher. It's probably higher than 80 million because I think that's probably what, 20% of our population, 15, 20%. I'm going to go as far as saying, I think it affects probably 50% of the people. And there's different reasons for that. Some people that I see on a daily basis will tell me that, oh, I sleep fine, but they're using sleep medications or they're using alcohol to go to sleep. And those don't count. We're going to address those today. But really, why is sleep such an important part? So I want you just to kind of get this part of it, because if you have a sleeping issue or really for everyone, sleep is our absolute number one human priority. This is something, whether you are two years old or 102 years old, this should happen daily and it should happen naturally and easily for us. So everyone should be able to sleep if to be healthy. Everyone should be able to sleep on a regular basis and let it happen naturally and easily. And here's why. We heal when we sleep. You are resting, you're recovering, you rest, digest, recovery, build, building fertilities, balancing hormones. All of those things are things that take place while you sleep. So, of course, if we can sleep better, our overall health is going to be better. So let's dive right into it. And thanks, everyone, for always sending these out and sharing them with your friends. This is definitely one that there's probably more people that you know that are affected by poor sleep. So send this out. I'm going to do my best to make this one as simple. It can get real technical, but we're not going to go that direction. We're going to look at a couple things. We're going to start off by looking at like, what's the natural rhythm of sleeping? Like, when should we go to bed? When should we wake up? I'm going to give you some, some basic guidelines with that. How many how many hours a night is, is ideal for functioning? Uh, what are the causes? What are the three causes? Like, there's really three. And there's diet, there's stress, and there's our environment. What are the details of those? How do we tackle those? Uh, we'll, we'll dive into those a little bit. And then how about our food? What foods actually can enhance our ability to sleep, which ones might not be in our diet anymore. And then we'll talk about different strategies, like like what supplements can we use and other techniques can we use to, in, you know, to increase our quality of sleep. And I'll tell you from someone myself who has in the past, it's been, I'm a great sleeper now, but in the past, I, I suffered from poor sleep. And any of you who who have poor sleep realize that if you're not sleeping good, you're not half the man or half the woman that you know you can be. It, is, it can literally just can take a toll on us. So again, send this out. I'm going to give you some strategies. I promise you, if you apply these strategies and really it's... Um, we're, we're looking to apply as many different strategies as possible. I would love to tell you this one magic herb, one magic pill, one magic thing you can do to fix all your sleep worries. And it's really not that. It, it's a combination of things. So let's let's plow this. So let, let's let's start off and talk. So what are the what are the sleep guidelines? Like how many hours of night should we sleep? And you've probably all heard this before. Eight hours is ideal. And I have many people. I used to be one of them who said, 
oh, I only need five or six hours of sleep. And I said that probably because I almost thought it was a badge of honor. It, it was ridiculous because when I started to get eight hours, I realized what I was missing out on and how much body how much better my body could feel and how much better my mind with kind of clarity that I could have and my endurance and my ability to recover. Where when I was doing the five or six hours, sure, I was really motivated. So that I was using more willpower than I was actually using like health power. So ideal eight hours. Some people need a little bit more. Some people need a little less. And, and what's most important about that is you discover What's your ideal? And less is not necessarily a better number. So when you find your ideal and then decide that your health is important enough to figure out however you can allow yourself to have that number of hours, like if it's nine hours, like my wife, she does great between eight and nine hours. So anything I can do to support eight or nine hours for her to sleep makes both of our lives better. So um, figure out your hours are the best. So, and here's, here are the guidelines. So it really goes back to something called circadian rhythm. And that is nature's rhythm. That's the simplest way I can just describe that. And and maybe some of you heard of it if you're involved with Chinese medicine. Um, and I'm going to discuss that in just a moment because there's the circadian rhythm, the circadian clock can actually tell us what's going on based on different times of the night that you might be waking up. So what the circadian rhythm is, is really a natural cycle that nature has that we also have as humans. This is not an option. This is circadian rhythm is something that our bodies have been abiding by this, this natural law, if you want to call it, for literally tens of thousands of years. So, and it's really this simple. I'm not going to go too deep into this. Really, when, when, when it gets dark out, for the most part, all things in nature go to go to bed. All creatures go to bed. Humans, the dark, you know, it gets dark, the lights go out, we fall asleep. And that was always easy for most humans, for most of our existence, literally thousands and thousands of years, because once it was dark out, we had no light, we couldn't do anything. And that's, but that's a big challenge today where we have, there's so many more options between our phones and TVs, et cetera. And we'll, we're going to chat about that when it gets in, when we get, dig into how to improve our environment for sleep. And then the other part is, so if we're going to go to bed with the dark, we should also fall in rhythm with nature and get up with the sun when it gets light out. And then, you know, that's like listening to the birds. They wake up in the morning, they start chirping and they slowly start get our bodies going with a little bit of sun. And then the more light there is, the more energy we have. So that is the natural rhythm for really for most human beings to get up with the light and go to bed as it gets dark or there or sometimes shortly after that, an hour or two after that. That's a circadian rhythm. So we're going to come back to this in just a moment. But really, when it comes to sleep, there are all kinds of sleep challenges that people have. But when someone says, I don't sleep well, there's really an important question we've got to ask. It's kind of a two-part question to figure out what kind of sleep issue you have. And if we can figure that out, then we can figure out a really specific strategy. And that's what I want to do today is give you a specific way of looking at what's going on with you and your body and your sleep patterns so you can create really simple and easy strategies to make them better. So first question, you got to ask yourself, do you have a, a fall asleep problem? Are you having trouble falling asleep? And that could be your challenge. Or maybe you say, no, I fall asleep fine. Then the second question is, are you having a problem 
staying asleep. So do you have a falling asleep problem or do you have a waking up issue? If you have a waking up issue, I don't even call that a sleeping issue. I call it a waking issue. We're going to treat that in a very specific way. And there's causes for that one that are actually a little bit different than if you have a fall asleep problem. And and if we understand these two, especially if you have chronic insomnia, you've probably tried everything under the sun in terms of trying to fix this, where now if we know specifically which one, which category you fall into, and you might have both, and you can just apply both strategies here. So let's go back to this circadian rhythm for a moment. And I'm going to put on my Chinese cap for a moment. And we'll talk about the timing of when you may be waking up. If someone tells me they come into my office and they're we're discussing sleep and they say, well, man, I wake up every night between 11 and one. Well, that, that rings gallbladder if it's one to three. And that's probably the most common time that I see across the board. That if you wake up at night, whether because of hot flashes or you just wake up in the middle of the night, bad dreams, whatever it may be, any reason, the most common time I see is between one and 3 a.m. And that is indicative of your liver. That is when your liver is supposed to restore and recover itself and is trying to detox. So it tells us that there's a lot going there and that ultimately we want to support the liver more. And we can do that a couple of ways. We can improve our diet, you know, have less toxins coming in. That's always liver support. Or we can give your liver support by using things like milk thistle or silymarin, which are fantastic, or shishandra, which is a great herb that supports your liver. You know, and when and when I if keeping my my Chinese cap on, if that is also time in Chinese medicine, we don't really differentiate or, or exclude the mind and body. So if you have a waking issue between one and three, usually that also is telling us that there's some level of fear or worry or concern taking place. So we at least want to acknowledge if this is a possibility and and if it's going on in your life and seeing what strategy you can take to address some of those fears, worries, and concerns. Um, And then maybe it's a little bit later. Maybe you are waking between 3 and 5 a.m. And that's more indicative of your lungs. And the lungs play a huge role in things like your immune system. That's when we're developing kind of the core of your immune system. Uh, If you're like me and you... Uh, have a you know a history of growing up with things like asthma. There's a correlation between asthma and your immunity. I mean, if you have, if you have asthma, usually you have a weaker immune system because the lungs play such a huge role in helping you develop your immune system. So in these scenarios too, this there's also that connection that that mind body connection where we're holding on to things where we need to let go, and we often you often see some tendencies of little anxiousness or anxiety for people that have this disturbance. So at least being aware of this and starting to strategize and how to improve these things are real important. So if you have a waking issue, those can just be some some kind of like insights of it's more than just, I'm just waking up, I have a bad sleep here. So now let's dig a little bit deeper into literally almost the mechanics of how we sleep. And again, I'm just going to simplify it. It goes like this. The sun starts to go down. It gets a little darker. As it goes dark, it starts to signal your eyes because your eyes are open and your eyes send a message to a little gland sitting behind your eyes called your pineal gland. And the pineal gland, its sole responsibility is to release a hormone called melatonin. Most of you have heard of that melatonin. That's good for sleep. 
Melatonin makes you drowsy and it helps you fall asleep. And it's so important that we can produce this naturally. So I said, as dark enters, you release melatonin. So the opposite, the inverse works here as well. If it's bright and light, your body shuts off the production of melatonin. This is really important for us to understand because what are we doing right now that's different than literally just 30 years ago? We're going to bed with these phones in our hand. We're going to bed with these iPads in our hand. And that is why, to me, clinically, I tell you that this is one of the bigger reasons it's in our environment that we're causing all these sleep disturbances. Now, this gets deeper because these sleep disturbances then cause hormone imbalances. And just pumping hormones into our body doesn't make our sleep, doesn't fix our sleep issues. Temporarily, it might feel that way. So grow, I'm sorry, melatonin, once produced and released into the body, then sets the stage for the release of things and the development of growth hormone. And growth hormones, your number one anti-aging body healing hormone there is. But without the release of melatonin, you're not going to release growth hormone. Then downstream is testosterone and other real important hormones that we all want. But it all starts with that ability for us to be able to fall asleep properly. And I say properly because if we're using medications, and I'm not telling it off your medications, but I want you to understand this so you can start to develop healthier healthier ways to naturally be able to fall asleep. If you're using medications, if you're using alcohol, you don't you don't produce the melatonin, first of all. And then second, later down the stream here, you don't actually get into what we call REM. And this is an important thing I want you to understand for all my folks out there who love that glass of wine at night and feel like they fall asleep okay, but wake up between one and three, one and four AM. So you don't go into REM. And here's, here's the challenge that trickles down the road that makes some people worried. When you enter REM is actually when you restore and actually develop your short-term memory. So you bank your memory during that time. When you're having alcohol, you're not banking your memory. So you start to forget things. And then we start to have that worry and concern and fear that maybe we have, you know, dementia or Alzheimer's or any of these other brain challenges that can happen down the road where we start to see that we don't recognize, we can't come up with names, we're losing words, and we're having a hard time finishing sentences. And these are all, the precursors for all of this is taking place because we're not getting the proper sleep in the proper pathway. So alcohol, unfortunately, you know, this is going to lead me really right into my next topic, right into the next part of this is our diet. So the biggest part of our diet that interferes with sleep is sugar, sugar and carbohydrates. And that's really all about blood sugar management. And this is a huge, huge problem in our country. As many of you know, diabetes is like off the charts. I think they're, 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 they're projecting now that 50% of the adults in our country within the next five, year, five years are going to be diabetic or pre-diabetic, which means we have massive amounts of blood sugar imbalances. So here's what happens. See, here's here's the, the simple lowdown on sugar. So sugar... Why do we all like it so much? Because all of us do. We love it. Some of you say, oh, I don't like sugar, but maybe you love your carbohydrates. And then that's the same thing. It gets converted into your sugar. We love sugar so much because the moment we have carbohydrates and or sugar, and really simple, bread, simple carbohydrates, simple breads, muffins, carbs, chips, all of those things. The moment we have them, they release a hormone called serotonin. 
and serotonin shoots up. And that's our feel good. That's our feel good hormone. So who doesn't like the feel good? So the more sugar we eat, the better we feel in the moment. The challenge, the faster it goes up, the more it drops. And we can actually start to deplete our our, our reservoir of serotonin. This is a big problem because serotonin is a precursor to make melatonin. So that is how diet plays such a huge role in our ability to sleep. So if we have sugar, sugar, sugar during the day, you deplete your ability to make serotonin. Now serotonin, although it's a neurotransmitter used in your brain, 90% of it is actually made in your gut. And we need foundational stuff like your minerals. And here's how the nutrition even affects it on a deeper level. You need things like magnesium, zinc, and iron. So things, magnesium is depleted at twice the natural rate, normal rate that your body uses when you have stress, when you have sugar, and when you have alcohol. So if you've heard any of my talks before, whether in my Facebook lives or my other podcasts, You hear me say, I think everyone should be supplementing with magnesium because we're all depleted in it. And it's just, and it does so many good things for us. And especially its impact on helping us sleep. And most important, not necessarily falling asleep. Well, it does because it has an impact on its production of melatonin, but it's really successful in helping us stay asleep. So that is one of the minerals that our body needs to stay asleep through the course of the night. So there's there's one of your first little tips there. So you can start to just supplement. And, and usually I recommend about three to 400 milligrams of a high quality magnesium in my office. My favorite to use is something called magnesium lactate. Um, it's just really easy to process for the body and by the body. And it crosses the blood-brain barrier a little easier than most other uh, magnesiums. Uh, that are out there. And there's other good ones. Citrate's a pretty good magnesium out there. There's some like oxide that quite frankly, I'd stay away from. Um, so that that's kind of a, a simple strategy right there that you can start to use to use magnesium. So your diet, there's another, there's other some co- important parts here with our diet. So we've, I think many of you probably, if you're a listener of mine, you've probably heard me talk about a ketogenic diet or a keto diet. And if you haven't, um, and really what that is, it's a, it's a high fat, medium protein, low carbohydrate. And you don't hear, I don't think we hear enough about the ketogenic diet or lifestyle and how it can be had such a positive influence on our ability to sleep and balance hormones. So, and here's why the technical part is because if we lower our carbohydrates, we lower sugar. So we're going to get more balanced production of serotonin, which makes, is a precursor to making melatonin. And that's your sleep hormone. And before I forget, melatonin absolutely is off. It's it's known for its ability to help us sleep. But here's the cool thing about, and the important thing about melatonin. Its primary role in the human body is to detoxify. And many authors will go as far as saying that melatonin is actually one of the primary hormones that seeks out and destroys abnormal cells, aka cancer cells. So I can't emphasize again enough why it's so important that we help our bodies and we develop strategies that make sleep our number one priority because this is where all the good stuff happens. This is where the anti-aging really is taking place. This is where the building of hormones, the building blocks of our health is taking place when we sleep. So let's get back to that. So there's another 
Another key ingredient when it comes to a precursor to making melatonin, and that's tryptophan. And tryptophan, I think a lot of people probably have heard of tryptophan because they hear of Thanksgiving and they hear that a trip, there's high tryptophan in Turkey and as a result, that's what makes us sleepy afterwards. Well, the reality is on, on Thanksgiving, we just overeat and that, that exhausts us. Um, but yes, there is good amounts of tryptophan in Turkey. So tryptophan is huge. This is an amino acid. It's primary food groups. So I'm going to get those in a moment. But tryptophan is actually a precursor to making melatonin. And this is an important one because I also find... <sighs> I think for the most part, there's a lot of people that are deficient in tryptophan for a couple reasons. One, we can't digest it properly, and that's all about our gut health. And so many things always go back to our gut health. Even the production of serotonin, 90% of serotonin is made in your gut. So if you've got gut issues, and there'll be other podcasts on how to fix leaky gut, but if you got a gut issue, we got to tackle that one. So tryptophan is a precursor for melatonin. So where do we get tryptophan? I told you it's an amino acid. One of the primary places, one of the best places to get tryptophan, red meat, eggs, turkey, uh, nuts, seeds, liver. So in the, 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 the challenge here with a lot of those, a lot of those foods I just mentioned, especially like red meat and eggs and actually fish is really good. Red meat and eggs, they've almost been a little bit, you know, like, some people don't eat them anymore because maybe they're supposedly high in cholesterol. A lot of people are leaning away from red meat because of bad information out there saying that red meat is bad for us. Red meat is not bad for us. Bad red meat is bad for us. But red meat, arguably, <laughs> I could argue that red meat by itself from, from a, nu- a nutritional perspective is actually as healthy as kale. So there's so much value in it. We may be overeating it, true. But good, good grass-fed, grass-finished red meat has so much value to us. In a side note, clinically here, one of the one of the consistencies that I see is my folks who have been vegan and and vegetarians for long periods of time often develop sleep challenges. And part of that is because if you're not eating meat and you take an entire food group out, inevitably you eat more carbohydrates, which then creates this sugar influence that decreases serotonin, and then we can't make the melatonin. But also, our greatest forms of tryptophan are found in a lot of our animal products. So it's a consistency that I see enough where I at least want to make that uh, address it. And listen, I know people are, are... they're vegans and vegetarians for all different reasons. And maybe it's philosophy. Or maybe they saw a really heartfelt movie or documentary that was made or they read a certain book. But I'll tell you that it's been part of the human diet since humans were here. So I at least encourage you to, to develop a health strategy that allows you to be healthy or supports you being healthy, you know, in a, in a comfortable and easy way. So real quickly, going back to um, our foods for just a moment here, I mentioned liver a moment ago. And liver used to be, I don't know about you, but when I grew up, I think it was like every Wednesday night, we had liver night. And when I ask uh, you know, people nowadays, do you ever eat liver? The answer is no. But I'm going to encourage you to step back outside of your box because liver... Um, one is the greatest source of B vitamins, but it offers us a great opportunity to get things like tryptophan. And there's a great one of my favorite ways of get of eating liver is eating liverwurst. 
So for those of you that want to just kind of try something um, kind of exciting and new and a little bit of adventurous, um, on, on our website, uh, balance38.com website, there is a, a, a button, Affiliates. And there's a, a company I use out west, and it's called U.S. Wellness Meets. You can click onto there or just go directly to the website. They have awesome liverwurst. So give that a try, a little experiment for yourself. All right, back to sleep here. So in, in as we're kind of wrapping all this together, if you have a falling asleep issue, usually the derivative of that, the co- at the core root of it, is stress. So let's chat about stress for just a moment here. Um, and I'm not saying that... Y- to go get rid of all your stress. I don't know if that's feasibly possible. I know I can't get rid of all mine, but helping us manage it and then also compartmentalize it is important. So if we are going to bed with our cell phones, with our work, with our laptop, with our emails right before bed, and we're keeping a busy mind, although it's dark out, you're not going to produce the melatonin that makes you drowsy. So here's the impact that stress has. Um, If you have busy brain, and you're not falling asleep, I'm going to give you something that we can can help that in just a moment. There's another reason some people don't fall asleep, and that is they're almost exhausted during the middle of the day, that two, three, four o'clock time, but then somehow later in the evening, boom, they get a bump, a second wind. And that is really indicative of something a little bit different. That may actually raise another flag, which tells that you have an imbalance in your cortisol production and release in your body. Cortisol is your fight or flight hormone. That's your stress hormone. That's and that's that's released by your adrenal gland. So usually if that's you and all of a sudden you are getting your second wind at night, you get that bump. There's a good chance that we have a, an adrenal insufficiency or maybe even a little dr- adrenal fatigue taking place. And I'll see these with people who are notoriously night owls or have had chronic insomnia for long, long periods of time. So the other challenge that stress has with us is that more stress you have, the more energy your body needs. So you produce more cortisol and you want more sugar. So one of the strategies I have for that is this awesome, awesome herb that I use on a regular basis, and it's called kava. Um, and before everyone goes yelling at me, says, oh, kava is bad for your liver, this and that. I use only a water-based kava, and I'll give you that brand in just a moment here. But there is so much on the internet that kava is bad for. I've been using it for clinically. It is, I've been using it clinically for quite some time. It is safe. I use it personally, but you need to be a water-based one, and this is an awesome, awesome uh, tool to use to shut things off. If you're that one that's go, 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 and you just can't shut it off at night, you're stuck in sympathetic dominance. This is going to wear you out if it hasn't already. You can't sleep when you're in go, go, go mode. That's sympathetic dominance. You sleep in something that's called parasympathetic. That's your parasympathetic activity. So kava, taking an hour or two before bed, usually one or two will do the job works phenomenal and really just helps unwind things. It's almost like clicking a switch a little bit. It's not a drug. It's not like Xanax or anything like that. It kicks in about 15 minutes, perfectly safe. It doesn't fix your sleep issues, right? But what it does, it helps you shut off that go, 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 and then let's just take the shift gears so then your body can shift in and then produce the melatonin and let your other hormones release through the course of the night. So if stress is your major influence, you just can't shut it off. Using something like kava is an absolute phenomenal tool. In fact, I probably use it five nights a week. 
Um, and it's just nice. It just makes you kind of feel really good. And then you unwind. And then it wears off in a couple hours, but you're already asleep at that point. So let's talk environment here for a moment. This is probably the most overlooked, but the really the simplest things. You can start these strategies tonight and then we'll wrap all this up and, and create a really good strategy, easy, simple strategy where literally tonight you can start to make changes and get some results. So environment obviously needs to be dark. It needs to be cool and needs to be quiet. So that means literally all of these little neon lights it might be your smoke detector. It might be, a, I almost said VCR. I don't think we have those anymore. But your cable box, anything that's good, those little bright red lights, bright green lights, they got to go. Put a piece of tape over them. If they signal your eye, if your eye opens up and your, your eye sees that, it says wide awake mode and it shuts off the melatonin. So we want to be real kind of prevy to that. Make sure all that's taking place. We want to decrease or in, or reduce how how much we're using our cell phones and our iPods, iPads. The blue light before bed stimulates your eyes, which shuts off your pineal gland. I'm going to say that again. The blue light, iPhones, hey, kids, video games. If your kids are using video games right before your bed and you're wondering why they have a hard time sleeping, it's because they're shutting off their production of melatonin. So at least an hour, I'm going to say two hours prior to bed, let's reduce those, get those out. Get your phone out of your room at minimum. It's got to be at least arm's length away. Shut off your Wi-Fi. So we don't want all of that those Wi-Fi signals running through our room, running through our brains all night long. I know these seem silly, but they're simple strategies these things didn't exist literally 20 years ago. We didn't even have cell phones in our room, never mind you know, underneath our pillows. So these are important things that we can use to start strategies tonight. And don't downplay them because if you take care of these, you're going to start to notice your ability to sleep and sleep deep to start to improve um, you know, right in front of your eyes here. Another one is LED lighting. I'm not going to go too deep into this, but I will just tell you this. It's not good for us. I know there's this big influence of using LEDs, but it's not good for us. The LED lighting will actually inhibit and shut down your ability to make things like melatonin. So if you're in an environment like your work environment that has LED lighting, Make sure you get outside, get some natural sunlight to try to balance that out. Uh, in my house, we do not use any LED lights. Um, so you get, you got to go out of your way. If, if you put all the LED lights in, get them out. You'll notice some changes uh, you know, pretty fast there. All right. So here's our strategies. If you have a falling asleep issue, most likely you have a stress-induced issue. So that means you want to be able to click the switch and unwind. Got to put your phone down. Got to put your iPad down. You've got to create a strategy that allows you literally to an environment a couple hours before bed to slow things down. So that might mean just kind of erase everything, put it down, start to shut it down, maybe a little bit after dinner. If you notice you're getting the second wind, you probably want to address helping or supporting your adrenals. And one of the ways we can do this, some great herbs out there like ashwagandha, rumania, those are fantastic herbs for adrenal support. A little licorice root can be really helpful. Um, and then my favorite, just click the switch to unwind the body kava. I use it, uh, something called kava forte from a company called MediHerb. They do fantastic. Maybe the only challenge is you got to get that through your uh, healthcare provider. They're a doctor's only company. So if you do find it online, understand that that is some kind of, it's 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 not okay. It's probably a black market product. So make sure you get it through a, a health provider. Um, if you are having a hard time staying asleep, 
this is not a this is this is this is not a sleep issue. This is a waking issue. So we want to develop the tools that help us stay asleep. So diet is a huge role. Make let's reduce the amount of nights that we have the alcohol, the sugar before we go to bed, so we don't have that little blood sugar stress in the middle of the night. And then let's add magnesium. That's one of the simplest, easiest, most effective things that you can do right away. So I like magnesium lactate about three or four hundred milligrams before you go to bed. And magnesium at night is actually the most most important time because that's when your body is going to use that, utilize that yin mineral. Again, our environment, adding the proper nutrition, um, getting tryptophan, which yeah, it's eggs, that's meat, there's nuts and seeds, uh, turkey, liverwurst, you got it. All right, folks, this is your, your, your ability, this is your chance to get a little bit healthier, improve your quality of your sleep, will improve the quality of your life. Pass this out, send this out to any friend, anyone you know that could help, that could benefit from little sleep, and you all have an awesome day. Thanks for listening to the Health Made Simple podcast. If you have a question or email you'd like me to answer or a topic you want me to cover, just go ahead and send us an email. To get my simple health tip on a daily basis, follow me on Facebook at Dr. Bart Precourt. And remember, your body is designed to be healthy, so let's make this the healthiest year of your life by taking more action than you ever have before.